COVID. You got vaccinated. I'm. I we I just opened up to general pop out here, uh, so yeah. I'm like checking every day to get on the list. Um, but COVID has impacted everyone's lives in different ways. Um, and and. Uh, folks uh, who are joining us and listening, I am talking with Kat Jordan. Uh, Kat is now a regular guest on Pivot Masters podcast, and she helps me have discussions around mental health or human health and um, yeah. and career pivoting, right? Uh, so Kat, do you want to just talk a little bit about who you are and a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you, Ashley. Um, it's so great to be on again. Um, it's great to hear that I'm quote regular because I, <laughs> I think this is just right up my alley. Um, so I've been a, a, a licensed therapist for a little over a decade now, um, and I've been in the mental health field since I was 16. So that puts me at two decades um, <laughs> with with experience, which is pretty awesome because it. I live and breathe mental health. It is just mm -hmm. part of who I am. Um, and so when I do use the terminology of human health instead of um, mental health, it is really because I see more holistically the human experience. And those of us who do struggle with mental health conditions, as I see it, are really just human adaptive efforts to survive. Um, and I want to help destigmatize mental health and have people really understand that there's nothing fundamentally wrong with them. Um, and yeah. so I launched a podcast last year called Unfuck Your Head. And um, it is geared towards having people openly and voluntarily share their stories um, in a raw, real kind of fashion. Um, in an effort for people to understand that they are not alone um, and that we are all just fundamentally humans trying to do our best to survive. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I know this is a little bit of a tangent here, but kind of on what you were just saying, right. About mental health versus human health and that holistic approach. Let's be mm -hmm. honest here and recognize that your mental health or how we define mental mental health yeah. has a huge impact on your whole body, right? Mm -hmm. Um so so yeah, when we we talk about mental health, I I hope that we're also just keeping that in mind, right? Like it's not just your sanity, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Or or your overall mental well-being that's at stake mm -hmm. here, right? It's right. also your gut health can be impacted, right? Exactly. Uh, your skin, like there's every organ in your body is susceptible to <laughs> the aggression of poor mental health. <laughs> exactly. And and in that, right, that's, and, and I appreciate you, uh, yeah, um, prefacing <laughs> that with like tangential because it, we could go down another rabbit hole. Yeah. I think with that we could in that there is um, a false, inaccurate myth out there about mental health and that it's just from the neck up. And yeah. um, it's so much more complicated and simple than that, right? right? It is all interconnected, our whole body and our whole system. So not just, you know, our, our physical individual selves, but the system of our family the system of our friends, the system of our community, our our job um, community, you know, our coworkers and such. Like all of that is impacted by our mental health, and and our mental health is impacted by that. So um, when I when I do say holistic human health, I really am including uh, everything. Yep. <laughs> everything. So yeah, it's a pretty broad topic when you really get into it. You know, now that we're we're kind of talking about the, a holistic approach to to health, right, and well being, mm -hmm. let's let's jump in a little bit to this month's topic um, yeah. because we are kind of flipping it, right? We're gonna talk a little bit about how a physical health thing, yes, <laughs> right, as we interpret, you know, medical health, right, or 
um, being sick uh, is impacting a lot of people's mental health and Absolutely. how it pertains to their career. So we're going to talk about COVID-19. And this is airing in May. So like, I don't know, maybe I'll have to edit out a whole bunch of stuff because there's like some magic situation that just, you know, wipes it all out and it's no longer a concern. Please. <laughs> can, we, can we will that into fruition, please? <laughs> totally, right? And I mean, I honestly try to limit my discussions about COVID on the podcast because I know that we're, mm-hmm. we're getting hit with it every direction, right? And people yeah. are tired and worn out. Or fatigued. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but that's part of what we're going to talk about uh, this mm-hmm. week. So I, I, I'm i going to just kind of jump in and talk about how COVID-19 is having an interesting approach or uh, an interesting impact on obviously our society in many ways, right? But people's career, as I've been working with clients and talking with friends and and even just family members and and watching people reevaluate their priorities and what they hold as important. Now that we've gone through this experience where we've been on lockdown, uh, things have been taken away from our routines that didn't used to be, we we took them for granted, right? It wasn't something that we ever thought would go away. Um, And then all of a sudden, like your kids are in virtual school or, you know, whatever your scenario was, right? Um, And and reevaluating your priorities for a lot of people has meant, okay, my career doesn't work for my family. It doesn't work for me. I, mm-hmm. This is my chance to take to make a pivot because I've been laid off and right. I'm officially looking. But all of that said, it's not easy, right? Mm-hmm. You are in a pandemic. <laughs> You're definitely not the only one to be laid off. <laughs> right, right. Plenty of people are looking for work right now, and it can feel scary and daunting to approach your your dreams at this point, right? It could be really yeah. easy to just take another job you're not feeling fulfilled with, but there are people who are braving the storm and are making that effort to take advantage of this time and, and make a big change. Um, Kat, do you want to share a little bit about your perspective on people's reevaluation during this time. Yeah. Um, and I will, you know, start by saying my perception naturally is a bit biased because I am a therapist. Sure. I am seeing people who are seeking out uh, therapy, whether it's just traditional kind of talk therapy and counseling or it's treatment for a specific mental health illness. Um, so the, the group of people that I am assessing my interpretation of what's happening is, is that, um, yeah. in addition to, you know, the, the experience that I have from media, um, asterisk, trying to be very mindful of where I'm getting my information from, um, sure. yeah. <laughs> to be factual. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of people are, I think are taking this opportunity surprisingly. I think a lot of people are, um, didn't obviously we didn't expect the pandemic, but in that also didn't expect that that would create such a fury in us mm-hmm. and such a um, firing sensation of oh our our lives prior to this were not working it was not working and right. what do we need to do to make these these changes and you can see that on all different levels right you can see that on the individual you can see that on the whole family the whole community. Um, our whole society of like saying what's not working for us and what do we need to change. So I, I think it's been a kind of a broad sense of old life, if I can use that terminology, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. had a lot of faults in it. And sure. this kind of gave us the opportunity to reset and reevaluate and say, okay, mm-hmm. you know, what do I want out of life? What do I want when I wake up in the morning to motivate me to keep going? What do I need in my bank account to ensure that I keep my home and I keep food on the table? Um, There's just a a breath of considerations that I think everyone has really taken into account because of the pandemic, because of COVID. 
myself included. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like there's a, a tangent that we could dive down here, <laughs> which is is mm-hmm. is women, right? And mm. and how women have been impacted, which is a a big topic that I, I don't think I'm prepared to talk about today. Um, but and we'll <laughs> save that for another another conversation, I think. But um yeah, it, it just kind of came to mind as you were talking about, you know, just those priorities, right? And and all the things that people are kind of running through in their minds. I, you know, part of the pandemic has been a lot of people adjusting to the idea of working remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been something I've done for a long time. So I've been working remotely since 2010. Um, and I got used to it, right? I uh, had I have systems in place that support right. myself, right? Uh, but that right. takes time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little different, I'm imagining, for people who are working remotely for the first time uh, during the pandemic because their families know that they're working remotely. Whereas when I started working remotely, I was getting calls, like, from family members, like, you know, at one in the afternoon, like, what you doing? And I'm like, working, but you're home. Like, let's hang out, right? It doesn't, you know, it was like a whole transitional time for me um, and and had to build a lot of boundaries to support myself in that way. Um, But I, I think, you know, remote work is a big topic that people are falling in love with or don't enjoy as much they're kind of there's a kind of a love-hate thing happening here I'd love to hear your perspective on remote work Kat as it pertains to COVID yeah absolutely so I I think when you use the term boundaries like I was like yes 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 because you're right there were um I don't know what the statistic is but there was a substantial amount of people um, let's stick with just the United States for the moment, uh, who were working from um, home, right? There's home offices and home businesses yeah. and a lot of job opportunities that you can do from your couch or from your living room um, counter or whatever. And so it, <laughs> it, it existed, right? But I think for the majority of people who, who didn't have that experience prior to were really thrown into um, shock of like, how do I, how do I pivot this? Right. Um, I had a small amount of experience doing telehealth because of um, medical emergencies or people not being able to have transportation. It was already in the works Mm -hmm. in the mental health field to be able to provide clients with sessions remotely. Um, So I had a little bit of, of some structure there, but I think what really throws the mental health piece into this is when you're not prepared, when it is an external force like COVID that really forces you to react and respond almost simultaneously. Um, I think specifically about a, a family with children, because not only are you having to adjust as the caregiver your own career, but then adjusting what your children's needs are. And naturally, a substantial amount of children were going remotely, um, Mm -hmm. which made caregivers responsible for their work and their child's education on varying degrees, depending on the the Board of Ed's requirements at that time. Right. and if you don't have healthy boundaries, you will you will suffer. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna go insane. <laughs> you will suffer um, because you can't multitask. And that and that brings me back to your comment about um, people contacting you in the middle of the afternoon, right? Like, yeah, you as a as a business owner, um, you know, having my own practice, I, I have the freedom to kind of dictate my own schedule but at the same time like I'm working even if I'm at home (laughs) and I think a lot of people don't understand that especially family members don't understand that um there still needs to be boundaries even if I'm not walking or you know getting into a car and commuting to a specific location um yeah so boundaries is a really important thing to to consider I think yeah Uh, I'm going to share something that's helped me um, 
this I, I'm like holding up like listeners can see it. Um, it's a <laughs> it's a remote, so you can buy light bulbs that change yeah. color. And um, I have a light that's outside of my office. Uh, now, if you have don't have a separate room, then get a lamp. <laughs> and when the light is red, you need to be bleeding from the head like that. That That's how important it needs to be to interrupt me. <laughs> um, oh. If it's green, I'm available if you need me. If it's yellow, please think it through. You know, if it can wait, let's let it wait. Right. Um, so, yeah, these are sold on Amazon. I have literally just this tiny little remote that I keep on my desk and it helps the people in my home know <laughs> uh, if I'm brilliant. available. That's brilliant. And I think that's even um, more particularly useful for parents because yeah. children are still developing. They don't, even if you say to them, you know, don't bother me unless it's an emergency, their interpretation of what an emergency is, depending on even on, on the day, yep, yep. <laughs> will we'll give different results, you know? And so having yeah. a color scheme really simplifies it. Like you said, if it's red, do not disturb. Um, and I, that's just really, really cool. So I hope you can send me the link and <laughs> put up the yeah. link for our <laughs> listeners because I think we all need some lights. <laughs> I'm going to start wearing them around my neck. <laughs> when I, like I'm available to talk or available. not. <laughs> Leave me alone. I love it. <laughs> if I could just add, um, yeah. you know, or in addition to the the use of tools I want to use that mm -hmm. the, the, you know we were just joking about I don't put do not disturb on my phone and I probably should because it's a useful tool and I think a lot of yeah. people myself at least um struggle with recognizing just how many things out there are available to us to help us have healthier boundaries so that we are not multitasking and then burning out um, and, yeah. and one of, you know, the kind of simple things that I always highlight with my clients when they're trying to manage, you know, this work-life balance. And now that it's all gotten mixed together because of COVID, there's no defined lines or fewer defined lines that really creating your own structured space, your own structured time, mm -hmm. um, can really be imperative you know um i feel for a lot of families who have small homes and maybe the the person who's working remotely doesn't have a room to go to um, yeah. because that delegation of of space and boundary is so valuable it is it really is yeah and i would say it goes beyond just the delegation of physical space, but also of your mental space, right? And and by that, I mean, it's okay if your work email is not on accessible from your personal phone. It's mm -hmm. okay if you have a personal phone number and a work or business phone number, right? Like Absolutely. having you know, some kind of clear separation. So that way, when you go on vacation, it's an actual vacation um I, <laughs> i'm not calling anyone out i've done it totally um i just laughed your time yeah it's like i knew i knew going on vacation i was like yeah. i'll be okay i'll figure it out i was like no i know no you need to have those defined lines and and i think what's really hard too and and this is another rabbit hole that we could go into is a society's expectation that we work 24 7 um, and that we'd be available 24 seven and certainly that there are careers, certain careers, um, where you are expected to be available 24 seven. And that's really, really hard. Um, yeah. and, and I think society as a whole, especially given our experience with the pandemic, recognizing how important <clears throat> it is to have a fulfilling life means that we yeah. have to have these boundaries around, when I'm working and when I'm not, because when I'm not, it's not like I'm just going out and having fun, right? Unless that's part of your self-care. I'm, I'm resting, right? Like yeah. I need to recover from the amount of work that I just did. 
in order to be yeah. able to come back to work at my, you know, peak potential. You know, I feel like this is bridging on something important that wasn't in our original outline. <laughs> I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> so I, I, what I'm hearing from you and what I immediately am gravitated towards is that, <sighs> all right, COVID, this past year's election, just a lot going on, right? We have some, you know, we have kind of, big racial discussions happening right mm -hmm. here in the US um and and other countries as well like there's all these heavy topics going on right yeah. and job searching during this pandemic is already exhausting right self care Mm -hmm. <laughs> when everyone's home and you're not used to it or self-care, you know, just all, with all of these different factors right now mm -hmm. is so important. Mm -hmm. And folks, if you are applying for jobs right now, it's okay if you're not applying to a hundred jobs in, in a week, right? Like that's first off, please don't do that. Right. Like I, I, I don't do that. And then mm -hmm. second, <laughs> like be, methodical, mm -hmm. take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's how it's, you're, you're going to get through this, right? This is that marathon, not a sprint kind of yes. moment. Right. Um, and I, I do feel like if you, if you're comfortable with a cat, let's ignore this for a second, our <laughs> yeah. outline. Um, I would love to hear, um, what you're seeing, uh, or what you would like to be seeing as ways to support good mental health for people who are job searching right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think your your point about this being a marathon and not a sprint is critical. If you are engaging in life as if every moment is a sprint, you will burn out. Uh, it's just yeah. inevitable. Humans are not made to go 24-7. And um, it can wreck havoc on your life um, if you burn out. And so yeah. really being mindful of taking your time and not rushing and prioritizing rest. And rest can be literal sleep or it could be sitting for 10 minutes, staring at a wall, not thinking of anything, AKA mm -hmm. meditating. <laughs> it can be <laughs> going for a walk in nature, reading a book, taking a bubble bath, you know, all of those things that you, you, you know, here in, you know, Vogue magazine or whatever, the self-care things that you should be doing, but really sincerely slowing down. Yeah. And if you're applying for jobs, I can only imagine the internal, uh, kind of, um, awakening of your, your confidence, right? Or your sense of self, like, am I capable of doing this? Or can I mm -hmm. meet this job's requirements? Um, that can really weigh on your mental health, it can make you feel down on yourself, it can exacerbate depressive symptoms or anxiety symptoms, it can even trigger trauma symptoms. Yeah. Um, and so it's really important to to not push yourself, right? If you're starting to feel irritable, fatigued, um, depressed, that's when you want to take a step back and really just, you know, be tender with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I mean, when I'm working with clients, especially this past year, uh, a lot of the work we do is setting reasonable expectations yes. of themselves, yes. right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know the average American Prior to COVID, it took them eight months to find a new job. Wow. Okay. I'm not trying to scare people. I'm saying be reasonable with yourself. Exactly. Right? Set yourself up. I'm not saying that you should have gone into COVID with eight months worth of savings. That's pretty unrealistic for most of America, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, uh, is 
give yourself some reasonable expectations. And if that means looking on Upwork for short-term contract work, so that way financially you are able to extend your finances uh, for X amount of time before needing to take on something full-time, that's okay, right? right? That This is that moment where a gap uh, in the timeline on your resume, it's okay, yeah. right? It, we all understand it. Recruiters know what's happening. They're in it too. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I just want people to remember, in addition to your self-care routines, is setting some reasonable goals for yourself. And for some people, those goals are going to be I need to prioritize my health. I'm still recovering from COVID. Mm-hmm. I maybe need to prioritize time with a family member who I'm now the caretaker of because they've had a swift decline. Whatever might be going on, just I think looking at um, like we were saying, reevaluating your priorities, exactly. right? But I would say even looking at your values and seeing how your daily routines, especially as it pertains to your job search, links to that, right? I I spoke with a client recently who told me, oh, I'm getting five or six interviews a month. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I'm thinking, why did this person call me? (laughs) You know, like, why are we working together? What's happening? Yeah, this is great. Um, And then I find out this person would go through these slumps, right, where they'd be applying for jobs they genuinely were qualified for. This person is about 40, so has some solid professional experience behind them, et cetera, right? And then would not get interviews, was getting auto-rejected from those jobs, and so would flip over onto Indeed and apply to a bunch of entry-level positions so they could get the satisfaction of the the oh, I got the call for the interview. Mm. But it's it's not a job, right, that they want, that they'll ever pursue, <laughs> that they'll ever take. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I bring this up as an example, one, so that you know you're not alone, right? Plenty of people are struggling to figure mm-hmm. this out right now. But two, um, I just want us to to remember your values, right? Value yourself, value the work that you do, and and value your time. Um, if it's taking time for yourself, if it's only strategically applying to jobs with X, Y, and Z parameters, right? You, it's still okay mm-hmm. to have priorities in this climate. Yeah, absolutely, and and having those values already determined prior to is really important, right? Like really giving yourself the space and the time to work through what are your strengths and weaknesses? What is it that you're really looking for in a job? And Mm -hmm. being okay with applying to one or two in a a few weeks time, knowing that that one or two is really something that you want to pursue. Um, right, I, right. I can't imagine the the roller coaster of emotions that that would produce if somebody is applying to entry level and then attempting to apply to ones that would meet their qualifications and such. And having like, yes, I can get a job, but not. And I, I mean that right. you're, you're in that way, it feels like you're torturing yourself unnecessarily. Um, and I think it's it's not. It, it's just from a place of not knowing how to navigate this, right? And that's why I'm so grateful for what you do is because you're really giving people the opportunity to navigate a pretty substantially difficult process, but it doesn't have to be that way. If you, if you do it in a way that's systemic and organized (laughs) and (laughs) with the, the right kinds of support, you know, because if you're down on yourself and you're just like, oh, I just, you know, I'm going to go apply to this entry level job that I'm not interested in, you're not going to have the motivation. And yeah. we, we deserve that, right? Definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I want to apply to jobs that I get excited 
exactly about yeah. right yeah uh, the, and and spending that extra time to curate your resume and your cover mm-hmm. letter mm-hmm. so that it really reflects you know the necessary transferable skills for that position and that role is it, to me it's just so much more gratifying than like clicking through and giving some random response to some job that I don't care about. I just, it's not as motivating. Yeah. And I imagine for employers, like they want people who are are genuinely interested in the job to apply um, because that's a lot of work for them to have to go through if they're getting applications from people who are overqualified or people who genuinely don't want the position. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I could see that being, having a ripple effect on the whole system. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that um, because I would love to set some expectations as far as how many people are applying for jobs right now Mm -hmm. in comparison to prior. Um, So I'm going to use my husband did look for jobs last year um, and he got some interesting insights from a uh, executive level person. individual who was hiring for a role that he had interviewed for. This job was in Sacramento. It's with a very small company. Uh, And I'm saying that in that there's no reason for this job to have as many applicants as it did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No logical reason. Okay, this is upper management. So this was a VP level role. Um, so, uh, naturally there shouldn't be a ton of applicants for that t- type of role to VP level cloud architecture role. So very specific. Yeah. And, um, the guy, the executive told my husband that my husband was part of the first 50 applicants. He had received over 800 <gasps> in 48 hours. <gasps> And just stopped looking after applicant 200 because he had so many qualified oh my applicants. God. So, I, I, again, I'm not trying to scare anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm I didn't saying, mean to have such a response, but that's ridiculous. Crazy, right? Yeah. So this is not an entry-level position. This is a highly technical, competitive role. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, applying early makes a difference right now. Taking the time to really curate your resume and cover letter makes a difference right now. Utilizing your network and getting referrals for jobs makes a difference right now. Now, right now, this is April. Um, things are starting to improve. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing a, an uptick in hiring. So that's that's also super promising. But I, I, again, I'm just trying to set some expectations. Now, for the level roles my husband applies to, he's not part of that eight-month job search. Uh, typically, his level roles are looking for about a year to 18 months mm-hmm. uh, for a new position. Okay. So those higher-level roles should expect a longer time um for turnaround uh but again just setting some reasonable expectations with some numbers here so that you can understand why it's worth it to just spend the extra time on jobs you genuinely want rather than just throwing shit at the fan can i say i mean like (laughs) your podcast (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any thoughts uh, to share on all this, Kat? Yeah, I think, I mean, you're hitting on something that is really um, very meaningful to me, which is the value of your your passion, right? Like, mm. I understand that you, that there are people who are at different parts in their journey, in their career, right? Depending on their age and depending on their life circumstances. Um, But if you look forward to your job, Mm -hmm. if there is something that you get excited about, something that you feel passionate for, not only are you going to be happier in your job, but you're more likely to get that position, because yeah. whoever's hiring you wants to see someone who's really invested in it. And so yeah. encouraging people to 
I would say, you know, give yourself a significant amount of time. Ashley's going to be the expert on how much time, but a, a significant amount of time <laughs> to reflect on yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and that's tricky because our society is stuck in this false sense of who we are based on social media and based on societal expectations. And so it's, it's quite painful for a lot of people to turn that around and say, wait, but who am I really? What do I really yeah. care about? What are my values? What are my passions? What am I really good at? And mm -hmm. to, to hone that will lead to better job outcomes, right? On, on all levels. Yeah. You know, when you're seeing that, Kat, I, uh, we all have this tendency to like, oh, it's, you know, about ourselves, right? Like how how our lives reflect in that way. And I, when you're talking, I got to say, you know, COVID taught me how anxious mm -hmm. I can be at times. Mm -hmm. And it taught me that... My anxiety was a bigger part of my life than I knew, right? Because mm -hmm. you don't know anything else, right? right. It's your you, you're in your own head, right? Right. Um, and I and I did I I shared with a few close friends like I I'm feeling anxious like more so, but I'm starting to realize I'm anxious about these things all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It just was less apparent to me um, prior to COVID. And I, I think I, I bring it up because one, I think I'm not the only one. I, You're I definitely think not. <laughs> just the next. I got it. You're definitely not. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't. I think, you know, we're all starting to realize like what role anxiety has played in our lives. Mm -hmm. And then and that's been a big for me, a big factor of how I've reevaluated and reprioritized certain things in my life where I'm like, you know what? Like this thing, you know, I was sharing with you, my phone doesn't have a ringtone. Yo, there's a reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes me anxious when the stupid phone rings, right? I, yeah. I it just, the, and I have reasons and experiences that kind of led me to this, but it, I was unaware of it until, until COVID. Um, so yeah, I think part of us, all for all of us, right, is recognizing where you are right now, meeting yourself there right now, and and accepting that, right? Like giving yourself whatever needs need to be met, exactly the time and space to do it. Um, and kind of on that note, let's talk a little bit about um, building skills real fast. Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I do see this is, and I think this is super promising, is a lot of people are taking this opportunity to expand upon their existing professional skills. Um, so uh, boot camps, coding boot camps were already pretty popular prior to this. They are doing well as an industry right now. <laughs> um Yup. <laughs> uh, I would, I don't have facts or data on this, but I would venture to guess that professional certifications, uh, I bet there was probably an uptick in uh, people investing in those this Absolutely. last year. Yeah. Um, and I, I think these are great things for people to do. I've even heard from some people kind of kicking themselves. Oh, I had a job where they were willing for me to pay for me to get my MBA, but I, I don't know, I just didn't do it, you know? And, and now they don't have that job and they're like, dang, that would have been nice to have by now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do think that's a positive thing for a lot of people, although I recognize not everyone can afford to do this right now, right? We've got Mm -hmm. a myriad of financial issues happening. But I did just want to put it out there that I think that is a really big positive. And if you are someone who is pursuing some professional skill advancement or or some kind of accolade, we're we're rooting for you. Absolutely. I and I when I hear you describe that, I think of like what what it internally requires for somebody to acknowledge, hey, I don't have this skill set and I want to build on it. Yeah. Um it takes the ability to recognize 
we're not perfect, right? Um, it, there's this real inaccurate um, expectation that a young is at their peak, right? Like going into college, coming out of college, that is where you mm -hmm. are developing all of your skill set. Um, and society is still emphasizing that. I mean, it's, it's definitely decreased um, over the last decade or so, but because that still exists, it's limiting um, older adults, even, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, to recognize that it is not a deficit to, at that point, advance your knowledge or advance your skill set. Um, I mm -hmm. see that as, as a great strength. It takes courage to say, hey, you know, I want, I'm not good at this. And, but this is something I'm interested in. So I'm going to go learn about it um, yeah. and, and take that on. And, and I think, you know, to people who have difficulties financially being able to have that as a, a readily available opportunity, you know, I, I would encourage them to do some research on finding someone that they could be mentored by, um, yeah. depending on your field, right? That there are opportunities for mentorship and internships where you can have access to, you know, um, a skill set without necessarily having to, to pay a fortune for it. That's a great idea. I love that. And I mean, it kind of speaks a little bit to um, also the benefit for the mentors. For sure. <laughs> uh, folks, <laughs> yeah, if you're in a position where you're comfortable, uh, things are going well for you, and uh, you have your boundaries in place, you've got your routines, mm -hmm. opening yourself up to mentoring someone is a great way to develop your skills as well, right? Exactly. Um, that's a two-way street. I love that. That's a great idea. Thanks, yeah. Kat. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, in, the, in the mental health field, there is a lot of... Um, there's a, there's a, a pretty decent sense of community here where therapists want to support each other. And we recognize mm -hmm. that um, as you develop your skill set, um, it, it requires the guidance of people who've gone through it before. So we're not shy to maybe share online where it's easily, mm -hmm. you know, available for us to say, hey, you know, this was my experience. Um but also in the sense of, of taking on internship and, and mentorship so long as that meets the requirements of the state laws and, and credentialing. Um, I think it's, it, it has so many layers of um, positivity in it, you know, that can mm -hmm. have such great outcomes, I think, for the community as a whole that it should be talked about a little bit more than I think is, is yeah. already out there. I love it. Yeah. Thanks. I love this. You know, kind of on this this tune, and, and we have some notes on our little outline here, uh, <laughs> getting back to it, I guess, um, it is how to support someone mm -hmm. through a job search during COVID. Um, I, you know, I've heard, I, I don't know what you've heard, Kat, but from my clients, I've heard some really hurtful language, both received, but also given to themselves, right? Mm. Um, the, you know, the, the, the internal monologue, but also what we're hearing from, from others, right? Um, I've, I, I don't even feel like I need to give examples. I'm sure that we've all had these moments, um, right? But let's, Let's just keep in mind, this circumstance is very different. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. And it's going to feel very different for every person going through this experience for exactly. a myriad of reasons, including, I would I would say, where they are in their career, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be different points in your career, and some people may feel like the, the doors have opened, this is an opportunity. Some people are going to see this as my favorite job <laughs> is gone. Um, and, and how do I recreate that, right? How could I find something just as good, right? Yeah. I, let's offer some supportive language to our friends and family who are going through this because it's not easy. 
Um, Kat, I'd love to hear your professional. Yeah. I I think, you know, there are, I, I, it's interesting. I always see this as like, it's simple, really. It's challenging to change the way that we communicate with each other because it takes an effort, but it's actually simple. And, you know, I imagine it's oftentimes a parent to a child dynamic or a partner dynamic where one is pivoting and and searching or, or making a job change and the other is terrified of what could happen. And I think if whoever is on this, the, is supporting is in in a role where you can support someone who's making this change it is so critical to be open to listen to be curious um to highlight that person's strengths because as we were talking about like when you're putting yourself in this position when you're seeking out new jobs you have to evaluate yourself because someone else is going to be evaluating you for that job. And so if you have someone who's in your support circle evaluating you too, and then being critical or judgmental, it's going to, it's going to squash that spark. Right. And we all want our loved ones to be successful and criticism, judgment, um, arguing, (laughs) those, (laughs) those are not effective tools at supporting yeah. your partner, you know, creating shame in them is not going to help them um, improve. And so I, I just can't highlight that enough that like, and if you if you're somebody you're not even sure how to not be critical or not be judgmental, go on the internet and look up how to have a healthy way of communicating um, and practice, you know, um, because we, well, I mean, we all need it, but people who are in this particular transition in their life need it the most. They really need their support network to truly be supportive. Do you have any recommendations? I know I'm springing this on you, but do you have recommendations on books or resources to support someone who's trying to cultivate empathy or a practice of empathy. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have any specific books. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now at the top of my head. Um, a lot of the books that I have are more uh, specific to illnesses. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But general communication. So I, w- I would encourage people to, um, you know, I, Google <laughs> is an effective mm-hmm. way. And just put in like, healthy communication, effective communication, supportive communication. Um, All of that is going to give you really useful um, terminology, right? And and that's why I like teaching my clients and my clients' partners about communication is that it's pretty black and white. Like this is what, if this is what your intent is and what you're trying to communicate, this is how you say it. This is not yeah. how you say it. <laughs> um, so again, Googling healthy communication, open communication, um, effective communication. Those are going to give you some pretty decent resources right off the top when you Google it. Uh, just double check and make sure those resources are backed by um, either schools or certifications. Okay. I, I would like to know, Kat, um, if if I'm feeling stressed out, but I'm in a position where I am in that supportive role, my significant other is struggling or family member is struggling with their job search during COVID, and I'm just... I, I'm just on edge <laughs> at the moment. I know that they want help. They're reaching out, um, but I just can't do it. What's a way for me to pose that mm. in a helpful way? Yeah, I, w- I would say like, I see, just say to this person, I see that you need X, Y, and Z. Right now, I am unable to give X, Y, and Z because either I'm tired I'm burnt out. I haven't taken care of myself, putting the onus back on. I can't provide you the, the kind of support that you need because I'm not taking care of myself. Right. Mm-hmm. 
for someone to be able to say that's huge because then your partner knows you see that they want and desire and and deserve the, the support and that you yourself can't provide it at that moment and that you recognize it's because of you and not because of them. Because oftentimes we'll be super quick to, to just minimize it and be like, oh, I'm just too busy right now or don't bother me or like, why are you always asking me for help? Um, when, when that's just gonna make that other person feel like they're a burden. And that's not what right. you want. That's not our intention, right? Um, so really being mindful about slowing down that process and how you communicate. Um, and again, that requires you to be self-aware whole nother topic (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) which I'm sure we'll get to at some point (laughs) um I know we need to to wrap it up with you Kat because you've got uh some stuff going on today but I've really appreciated you um I feel like there's so much more we can talk about but I think we're at a good spot uh is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we close up for today I I just want to encourage people to recognize that it, I mean, this might be, you know, hitting over your head a thousand times already, but I just want to drive this home one more time and that like where we're at right now is not our doing. Don't take ownership for a pandemic. (laughs) Yeah. It's a pandemic. It is affecting all of us and remind yourself of that when you're struggling, that this is an indication of your failings. This is an indication of you not being good enough or past mistakes. This is a pandemic. This is global. Don't take that on. And if you, if you're able to kind of put COVID and say, okay, this is a thing that has affected me and not take ownership for it, it's going to give you more space to, Tap into your strengths and your passions, which are, you know, it's going to further drive you to find that job that you want. Yeah, I love it. Thanks so much, Kat. Thank you. I love chatting with you and I can't wait till our next episode. Yay!